The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. So we've had some fun kind of going through this Peter's, a little bit of Peter's story through John leading up to Easter in the last couple of weeks. We're going to kind of wrap that up today and just, and just hit a few more things in the end of John and um, brush, touch on base a few things even we touched on last week. I, just, I, I was reading it again this week, and there's just a few more things in there, I think, for us and that were kind of pinging my heart. And so for me, as I prep and, and lead and listen, I just sort of want to pass on uh, those things to you guys, and hopefully we, we sort of find something that sticks uh, wherever you're at. So, um, but the story is, and this sort of ended John, I don't, I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but this is, if you weren't here, um, Jesus has resurrected, and he's made some appearance to the disciples, and the setting is that Peter and a number of the key disciples have moved away from Jerusalem back up to Galilee, and the disciples that were close to Jesus asked Peter, what should we do? And Peter said, let's go fishing. And so Peter takes them fishing, and this is where they come from. So they're kind of going back home, back to what they know, back to what they do. They're out on this boat, and they're, and they're just fishing. And, and it was sort of this season of like, man, I thought my life was going to be different. I'm not sure what's happening now. I'm back on this boat. This is where it all started. Jesus came. And then they're kind of like, what was that about? Like, where do we go from here? And we, we talked about this idea of needing direction in our lives. And sometimes we float out there, like, without the voice of Jesus, it's hard. You're sort of like, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to do this. But how do we hear from God? How do we, how do we, or how are we alerted to his presence when he calls us out of our day today, which we all have, we all have fishing, right? We all have our day to day that we do and live in and exist, and this is where we come from and we provide, and that's a good thing. But how are we attentive to the voice of Jesus when it shows up on the shoreline, maybe a hundred yards away or even, even further off? So Jesus calls out to these guys. They're fishing, and and we've we've read. Uh, they fish all night, and they're fishermen. They know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're arguably successful fishermen if we look back and through the text and see some of their homes and where they live. But they didn't catch anything, and they, and they get skunked, and, and Jesus is like, you know, kind of heckling them from the beach. Hey, did you guys catch anything out there? Like, he knows they didn't. And he says, try the other side of the boat. He just says, just, just try the other side of the boat. And leading up to this end of this gospel story, which is going to move us into Acts, which is just the birth of the church and all this amazing stuff and, and it ultimately exists where we are at today coming from from back then it kind of had to start with one of these these very simple moments <clears throat> and noticing that jesus is out there on on the shoreline and he, and he comes to where these these guys are at and they're coming up empty and they're frustrated and he calls out to them and he doesn't say in this moment he doesn't say hey come follow me he said try the other side of the boat is where you're at, just try to do something a little different where you're at. It doesn't say, you know, get a, don't get a, you know, get a new boat or try another lake. It's just try the other side of the boat. You don't have to quit everything, just try the other side of the boat. And I think sometimes when we talk about this, this call, these guys from this moment, that there's an importance in the, in the author, John, that says, why do we have this little moment in this gospel? But it's, Jesus just seems to be moving these guys back toward him from that kind of initial call, but he's reaching them in their, in their everyday. He doesn't start with, hey, you guys, like, Let's go start a movement, a, a worldwide movement. It's going to go on for, you know, 2,000 years. It's going to reach every corner of the globe. He said, hey, guys, try the other side of the boat. Kind of where you're at right now, hear my voice and listen to me. And if you can do that, you will bear fruit, and then we can go from there. And there's something about that small stuff, of hearing God in the small stuff, and it's sort of incidental fishing, like how important is that? It was important for them to hear his voice and to to not just hear it, but to listen to it and obey it in that moment sort of on the boat. 
And sometimes we miss that, looking ahead to like, what's next? Where am I going? What's the big call? What's God, you know, what's God going to do? And where am I heading in, you know, five or ten years? Jesus said, hey, listen, for today, why don't you try the other side of the boat? And let's see, see if, we can, if we can better your situation with that. I just sort of very small, small tweak. And those are important in our lives, and they're important to hear what those things might be, because sometimes we're aware of them, sometimes we don't know. Because Peter and his guys, they were fine. They, they should have known how to fish, but they were still like, all right, I'm going to submit to the voice of Jesus and say, all right, we'll try the other side. And it, and it worked out. We've had this, we had this uh, dining room set a few years back, and it was this big block table and this bench, this big block bench, and, and I don't remember where we got it. My wife is always moving different furniture through our house. It's great, but I don't know where everything comes from. But we had this, this, this cool tab- t- table, and it had a number of, you know, four or five, six chairs, whatever, but on one side was just a bench, just kind of very typical straight bench with four legs. And one of the things about this bench, though, that, that kind of bugged us on our wood floors is, like, if you lean on it just the wrong way, the thing just went down, like, boom, boom. Like, it just slammed down. If you, were, you, you had to, if you were lucky, you can get out of the way of it before it broke your legs. Like, the thing just, like, hit the ground hard. It always kind of like, man, that bench is just lame. Like, and we looked at it. I thought, like, put some things under its leg, you know, under the, under the feet to sort of, like, stabilize it. And it's always felt a little bit dangerous. And it's embarrassing when people try to sit on it and it would just fall over. And, um, and, and, and at some point, we sell the set. And I don't know if it was just because of the bench, but the bench wasn't helping the cause of staying in our home. So... We move this, this set along, and, and some lady buys it, and, and, and she loves it, and she actually wrote Amy back, because we explained to her, like, the bench is extremely dangerous. Like, beware of this bench. Do not let little children go around this bench. It will hurt them. And, and she writes back, and, and she says, oh, my gosh, everything's great. We just looked at it, and we just spun the legs around on the bench, and it's fine now. Like, it's stabilized. I'm like, oh, boy, like, m- me dumb. Like, the legs were just needed to be turned around. I mean, there are these square legs, but there was just something about the angle that was just throwing the whole thing off that I wish I would have known about, <clears throat> that I wish someone would have told me about. You know, like I wish someone would say, hey, you know what, spin those legs around. And this is sort of the moment that Jesus is like, hey, guys, just try the other side. It's just a little tweak that you need to do right now. And maybe I should have asked Jesus about the bench, like, Jesus, this bench, help me, like, Right? But, but, but and we wouldn't think to do that. Sometimes there's small things in our life. I right, mean, invite God into this. Because if we can listen to God in the small things and, and we can obey him in the small things, then he can begin to roll out other calls into our life. And maybe, you know, in this instance, maybe I didn't need a whole new dining room set. I just need to spin the legs around. And the thing's fine. Right? Maybe you don't need to ditch your entire life. Because some of us feel like that sometimes. Like, Oh, my gosh, everything is wrong with my life. It's so hard. But if we were to listen to the voice of God and just, hey, listen, let's try doing this way, this little thing, and it might change everything. These little tweaks can sort of change everything. And that starts with hearing God's voice. That started with them recognizing this voice from the shore that they weren't sure about, but, that, but eventually John's like, That's, that is the Lord right there. And if you listen, he might just tell you, he might just point out those things. You might even be frustrated in areas of your life that you don't even know what the problem is. In this story, it's very clear, like, we're bummed, we're not catching fish. But some of us have these ongoing, like, I'm just unsettled. I don't feel fulfilled. I feel like I'm, just, I'm either slightly depressed or I have full-on depression. Like, I, some of us feel in these funks. If we can listen to the voice of Jesus, like, Jesus, what? Is there anything I can do? And you might just get a little whisper. A lot of times we know what that is already. <clears throat> 
Jesus would love to give us some direction into our everyday. <clears throat> Sorry, I think I was just yelling too much at the cheese table last night. Or the cheese is just sucking all the moisture out of my body. I don't know. <clears throat> so he begins this restoration of Peter and the disciples with this very simple exercise. And I think if we want direction in our life from God, and, and some of us don't care. That's a new thing for you or you're fine where you're at. But some of us really are in a place like, man, I want God to lead my life. I want direction from God in my life. I want my life to count for something for the kingdom. All right, if we want that direction, we have to let Jesus into our every day. We have to let Jesus speak into our everyday situation. We have to let Jesus speak into when we're out fishing on the boat just doing our job. Now, if we want these, these big, God-sized direction, we have to start by taking direction in the day-to-day. You have to listen in these moments when you're interacting with people, quiet moments, moments when you should hold your tongue, moments when you should speak up, moments when you should receive, moments when you should give. Moments when you should go to need, moments when you should ask for help. And we have all these moments throughout the course of our days and our weeks. And they feel just like maybe the mundane, like we're just back to fishing. We need to invite God into those spaces. And as, he, as we allow him, his voice to move in our day-to-day from, from Sunday on and in and out of the weeks and with our friends and our spouses and our coworkers, we listen to those little whispers, hey, listen, in that, in that moment right there, why don't you try the other side? Let's try to do that just a little bit differently. And it begins to call us into other moments. But it starts with that sort of day-to-day. And for Peter in this, in this, in this series, season, and we talked about this a little bit last week, one of the things I think he was probably struggling with for, for direction was he just was sort of beating up himself over what his denial of Jesus. And when Jesus calls him ashore, and they're, and they're camping out, and he, and he pulls Peter aside, and says, Peter, do you love me? And he begins this restoration with Peter. He called Peter to sort of face that, that failure, Face that thing in himself that he's been hanging on to, and, and then move on. Peter had to kind of deal with that, that first. It's sort of like, you have to know you're loved first. Know it's okay. And when Jesus calls, calls Peter aside, and he's about to, to, to really give him this, the charge of like, you are the guy who's going to start this whole thing off. You're going to take over for me. Knowing Peter had denied him three times, and Jesus wants to restore him, Jesus doesn't ask him if he's sorry. He doesn't say, will you promise never to do that again? What does he ask Peter? Do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Not are we going to fix that? Are you going to work on your words? Are you going to be a little stronger in the face of adversity? Are you going to be more bold when people ask you if you know me? He says, listen, do you love me? Do you love me? And this is the heart of God for us. When we deal with that relationship, that father heart of God, he's after your heart. He wants to know, do you love me? Not do you promise never to do that again. Right? That's not realistic. Peter, do you, you promise to be, you know, take it up a notch and study harder and pray more and be a better leader? He says, no, Peter, do you love me? And if you love me, we can move on. We're in a good place. It's not asking for, for, for vows or, or conduct or religion, but for heart. And if we give our heart, the rest will follow. And God knows that. He made us. He knows that's how it works. If you love him, the other stuff will begin to flow. And Peter begins to move away from what he was, he had kind of gone back to this fishing. Like then Jesus says, hey, do you, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, I do. I do, I do, I do, I do. Jesus says, okay, follow me. 
follow me. Let's, let's move away from what you are doing. And he doesn't even tell him everything that's going to happen. Peter doesn't know that yet. But he knows it's time to move away from where he'd maybe gone back to fishing. Like, okay, now we're doing this. And Peter wanted that. He wanted to follow Jesus with all his heart. He wanted that, that life. We get a sense he didn't necessarily want to be back in his fishing life. And this is Peter, not everyone. Some of us are meant to be in the fishing life and follow Jesus there, but Peter was being pulled out of that. And the first step to, to living the life you want, that, that God-sized life you want, is sometimes it's, it's leaving the life you don't. It's starting to move away from the stuff that you don't want, the stuff that you don't like, the stuff that hinders you, the stuff that frustrates you, the stuff that makes you feel down. How do I create some space from that? The things that irritate, you know, irritate me or make me feel depressed, and you have to start moving away from that. Peter didn't know exactly where he was going, but he's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to follow Jesus into this. And we all kind of have that stuff that we live with. I mean, you know, ever in their car, you listen to the radio, and you're zoned out. And like, all of a sudden, you tune back in, you're kind of irritated, and you, you realize, like, dude, I hate this song. This song is bothering me. Like, I get in the car, and I'm like, I feel it's getting something get under my skin, and then I get back in out of my head, like, I hate this stupid song. That's why I'm so angry right now. But there's this sort of little tone going on in my car. We have to turn that off. We have to be attentive to those things. Like, this just makes me feel icky every time. I start for some of that social media. Like, I don't tend to feel better after skimming Facebook. I just know that. Like, I don't, I like, I like it. It's useful. Uh, social media is, can be very useful for connecting and, and sharing. I, I get it. But for me, sometimes I go through, I'm like, I don't, I never feel better about seeing all these news blasts and people's opinions. Like, I'll, I'll jump on. And so I have to keep some space from that. Or certain things you do that you give in to, like, I never feel better after I do that. I feel better after I say that. I never feel better after I, you know, I, I cheat on my taxes this way, if I, if I, if I treat my wife this way, if I, if I consume this sort of media. I never feel better. So I create some space from those things that are taken taking away from you. We take our thoughts captive. It's, it's, it's sort of beginning to recognize these areas of your life that, like, that's not who I'm meant to be. Start moving away from that. So Peter was moving away from this, this other life. Like, no, I'm not meant to be that. I don't know exactly what Jesus has for me, but I love you. I'm going to follow. And Jesus talks to Peter in this passage because Peter's like, I love you. I love you. And Jesus says, okay, here's how this is going to go. Verse 18 of 21. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you like. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. When you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would, he would glorify God. And then Jesus said, follow me. So he sets up. Peter's like, okay, you want, you want this. Here's how this is going to go for you. You're going to kind of end up like me. You're going to walk the road I walk. You're going to lead. You're going to disciple. You're going to take care of my sheep. But at the end of the day, you're going to be led down a road you don't want to go. And you're going to stretch out your arms. And he's, he's talking about crucifixion. Sort of church history would tell us Peter was crucified probably upside down. And that's sort of his, his call. Will you follow me to death? Peter's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'm in. And this situation for Peter to grasp that kind of situation, when we're called into Jesus' service or God's service, which is abundant life and it's amazing, it doesn't mean it's going to be void of discomfort. Or, or even pain. But for Peter, he knew this. He's like, I, I, whatever, I want this because I love you. I'm going to trust that. 
And peace isn't, when we talk about having peace in our life, it's not the absence of pain, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in a, I'm a tough season, there's no peace. Peace isn't the absence of pain, but it's the presence of God in your life. And so if there's a presence of God, there is peace. And, and if there's pain, they could, that can exist in that place. Peace isn't the absence of pain, but the presence of God. And so Peter's leaning into that, like, all right, I want to be with you, whatever that takes. But then he asks this really sort of great question that we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with today that just sort of hinges on so much of our life. Peter's like, yeah, I'm in. I will follow you. Then Peter turned around, saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? And Peter asked Jesus, what about him? What about that guy? Man, and how, how often in our lives do we say, what about that guy? What about him? What about her? What about their life? I hear this for me. Maybe I feel like this. What about them? And Jesus plainly says, what is it to you? If I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? As for you, follow me. As for you, follow me. I say, I, I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking to you. And this is a hard reality sometimes of that, our walk with Jesus. And I've had that. You know, we've been, Amy and I have been called to ministry for as long as I can remember. And there's times that's felt very frustrating to me. I'm like, what about those guys? They love you and they don't have to do this. Or my brother. You know, I mean, it's, but there's this call to it that we're like, Jesus, like, I'm not talking about that guy. I'm not talking about your brothers. You know, my brothers put in big homes with pools. I'm like, wait, why can't I do that? Why can't I be like that guy? I can still, I can still follow you. Just like, I'm, not, I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about you. You follow me. And even Peter in this moment of like, I'm in. I love you. I will follow you to the death. Sure, I'm in. I'm, like, I'm going to be crucified. Sure, I'm still in. But what about that guy? Man, and that, that taking our eyes to looking at people around us, sometimes is the most, single most distracting thing to our walk. I mean, particularly in a world that we all live so close and we have, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all the, we're watching everyone else's stories and lives. And you think about your own life. What about their life? I kind of want that life. And Jesus, Peter's like, what about John? Is John going to get crucified too? He's like, no, nah, who cares? What if he stays alive until I come back? What's that to you? You follow me. And that's hard. That is a hard call. That's probably one of the hardest things Peter had to deal with in this succession of of interacting, like, oh my gosh, okay. You follow me. I am not talking about that guy. He remains until I come back. What is that to you? So instead of us worrying about, you know, what is God doing in the life of other people, what God should be saying to other people, you know, what, what, what call God is on other people or not call on other people, Jesus, what? You follow me. You love me, you follow me. The rest of the stuff will follow. The rest of the stuff will follow. And it, it's hard when you look around because people have different calls and you have some of us are, man, I give so much and that guy doesn't do anything. What about that guy, Lord? You going to punish him? Sometimes we want people to be punished, you know, for not being as good as us. And that's just not Jesus' deal. He's like, don't worry about that guy. You follow me. And so Peter will walk through that in this sort of, okay, this is my walk. Right? Peace is in the absence of pain, but the presence of God. So if I'm with God, if I'm with Jesus, I will be okay. Even if that guy has a better life than me. Even if, even if John gets to live on and, and write by himself on an island at the end of the day, and I have to go hang on upside down on the cross, I will, 
I will follow you. And so that, that way of taking our eyes off Jesus onto others and what God's doing in their life, man, that can throw us almost as bad as anything else. And so we're going to take a, just a few moments now. We'll close out with a couple songs. I was going to invite God into that we could hear his voice. Some of us really just need to hear his voice. Um, some of us need to be willing to listen for his voice. But sometimes that's scary. Like, I'd almost prefer not to hear from him. I'm not sure what he's going to tell me to do or ask me to do. We want to invite him in. We invite him into our, into our lives, into our everyday, into trying the other side of the boat. If you're a person who's just frustrated, you feel like you're coming up empty, you feel like your life is like failing, all right, God, what should I do? And you might just be like, you know what? Try this. Try to turn the legs around on the stool. That'll work a lot better. But God, thank you for who you are. Uh, just for story, for, for working with us, God. For being kind and gracious and gentle but also sometimes firm when we need to hear it. And so if anyone needs to hear that, just be reminded of that. Keep your, their eyes on you and don't worry about what's going on with everybody else. You follow me. I pray they would hear that this morning. And if you're a person who's just floating out on your boat and you haven't seen or heard from Jesus in years, if ever, and you just really need some kind of whisper of advice from God via the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for that too. So God, we invite you as we sing, as we listen, as we, as we rest, as we process. Spirit, we ask you to be active in this room. Whisper gently into those hearts that need, need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. That website address again is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and yours.